questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Human beings are not the only players in this game of life. There are multidimensional beings that interact with humans, as well as the unseen controllers who decide the course of human history, the secret shadow government, the United States military-industrial complex, and many dark magicians who pose as political and religious figureheads. Tonight's special guest has been working on her own spiritual enlightenment with the help of her star friends, moving toward a higher awareness and higher vibrational frequencies. There have been negative beings that she has run into along the way, but she always makes it through to continue on her inner journey. She continuously learns and grows and puts her knowledge to use. More than that, the friendly multidimensional beings whom she labeled star people taught her that love is always the answer. She learned to use her own energy body to connect with Source, to fill her entire being with the strongest power there is, love. When her physical body lays down to sleep at night, her consciousness keeps on going. She leaves her physical form and flies freely through the alternate reality, discovering parts of herself and parts of our world that have been erased from our knowledge by wars, propaganda, and brainwashing, and the rewriting of our true history. The secrets of this life have been hidden by secret societies that will do anything to keep that knowledge to themselves. However, the rising of consciousness and the empowerment of human beings is currently in progress and cannot be stopped. The shift is happening now. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, EMP Shield, Solar, and EMP Protection, Rebounders, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Bonnie Jean Mitchell is the founder of AlienAbductionHelp.com and co-founder of AwakenVideo.org. She's a researcher, author, and lifelong contactee, along with her husband, John, Bonnie discovered a psychological and digital form of mnemonic mind control on electronic devices that can literally reprogram the human mind. For over 20 years, she has given advice to those living through paranormal and metaphysical experiences. She wrote the book Journey with the Star People in 2005 and published her new book, The Shift, in 2021. In synchronicity with the actual spiritual shift and ascension of mankind, This latest book is the handbook for anyone who needs guidance through the current paradigm shift in consciousness. And directly from Uruguay, I would like to welcome Bonnie Jean Mitchell back to Veritas. Hello, Bonnie, and welcome back. How are you? Hi, Mel. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, and it's a pleasure to hear from you. Uh, Uruguay, I was telling you before we began, some people tell me that 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 seems to be an oasis when it comes to what's happening around the world. Am I right in saying that? Yes, I, I think so. I think Uruguay is one of the uh, more open-minded free places that you're going to find right now. It's really a, a natural paradise. And um, as far as the rules and regulations go, um, the the vaccinations here are not mandatory, although a lot of people have gotten them here. Um, but they're not really um, pushing them that badly. And people here are, they're really kind of down to earth people who are pretty smart. And as far as like mask wearing goes, people are still wearing them in the grocery stores. Like that's a rule in, in public places, but out walking about on the street around the community, 
nobody's wearing masks and everybody's getting together and being together and you know there's no social distancing or anything like that i i think uruguay's kind of going back to normal the way it used to be which is great because people here were always you know hugging each other and kissing each other as greetings right and they're starting to do that again so i think things are getting better here not only that but you have brazil north of you with bolsonaro and in the south argentina which more socialist but there's a common denominator a herd that neither of these two presidents really caved in to what the I'm not going to name names. One of the big pharma companies, uh, they really were threatened and they said no. And is that true that they basically in the South and in the North uh, did not cave in? I am not exactly sure about that. I did hear something about the president of Brazil doing that and not accepting uh, more vaccines. What happened in Argentina, um, so and I don't mean to bring this up because this is a different subject. In Argentina, they were told and other countries that... We cannot guarantee safety, but what we'll do is use as collateral all your embassy buildings around the world and all your military bases. And they said, take a hike. We're not going to do that. That's what I was referring to. Okay. Yeah, I can totally see that happening. I mean, the people down here in the, in the South, the Southern Hemisphere, um, these people, they know more about survival and taking care of themselves and and being healthy so they're not so quick to accept everything the government tells them that, that's my impression anyway being in uruguay bunny back when we spoke you and and your husband john we did a great interview about the mnemonics back into 2017 uh, which is basically just any, anybody who hasn't listened to that interview just go back and listen to it when you look at the TVs and you look at uh, the news in the afternoon, for example, you see these uh, breaking news and you see these things that pop out in your screen, that has a hypnotic effect on people. This is what we discussed in the past and we'll discuss it later because we'll bring it all together. But we didn't get a chance to, to really dive into your story, the alien abduction, and this has been happening for a very long time. So I like to explore and rediscover what you went through, if that's okay with you. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so I'll just start at the beginning. So I am a, a lifelong contactee, and um, it really all started when I was about four years old. And I think it, it started because when I was that age, I was very awake and aware, and my third eye was open, and it was active and working. So I would do this thing at night when my parents tucked me in and said goodnight to me. They'd turn the light off and close the bedroom door. And so I'd be in this dark room, which wasn't really scary for me. I was more curious than anything. So I would lay there in the dark with my eyes open because I wanted to see what was in there. You know, because I, I had a feeling that there were things there just because it was dark I couldn't see them so I would keep my eyes open and after doing this for a little while I started to see images that were kind of glowing like the outline of them would be glowing and it's as if I was seeing them on a screen about two foot in front of my forehead and I think this was actually a projection from my third eye So as I was doing this like every night for, for a number of years, I started to see things like, well, first I saw toys and candy and ice cream and, and things that I liked. I was creating these images. And then other images, random things would, would come um, into the dark. I would see them. Uh, and people, like human people, would walk into my room. And it was usually two people, sometimes three, but they were always very friendly and they were holding hands and they'd walk right up to my bed. Now I was awake, wide awake when this was happening. I was watching these, they looked like etheric beings, but I could see them. And they would come right up to my bed and they were trying to talk to me, but I couldn't hear them. I could see their lips moving, but I could never hear what they were saying. And it seemed like there was a 
pane of glass between us or some type of wall, some type of barrier. So after they realized, no, I couldn't hear them at all. They were, they were nice. They smiled and they walked away. And I wonder now if maybe they were my grandparents or my great grandparents or, or somebody like that visiting. So one night when I was doing this, I was about four years old and, um, I saw two star people for the very first time walk into my vision. Now, the first time I saw them, they literally looked like they're made out of sticks. <laughs> like their arms and legs and bodies were just thin as sticks. And they had big round heads. And I, I couldn't see anything about their faces, maybe because it was dark or maybe because I had never seen them before. But they were holding hands. And they walked up to the foot of my bed. And I got really scared. And I sat up and I screamed. And my mother came running into the room. And as she did, they kind of just disappeared. And so this this continued. And um, by the time I was seven years old, I had somehow become friends with these star people. So I don't really know what happened between four years old and seven years old. But then I have a memory of being seven. And they came into my bedroom one night. Uh, it was two of them. and. They were, um, they were probably like three and a half foot tall, and they had the big heads, but their skin was kind of like a cream color or a really light tan color. And uh, one of them came to stand by my pillow, by my head, and the other one stood down by, by my feet. And I, I felt totally fine with them being there. I, I knew what it, like I had done it before. I knew what to do. I sat up and threw the blankets off and. I hopped right out of my bed, and one of them held my left hand, and the other one held my right hand. And we walked right out of my bedroom, through the living room, and right out the front door. And I really don't remember where we went or what happened after that. Um, but also around the same time period, I had an experience during the night where this little star person came into my room. It was about three foot tall and and he didn't have a huge head. It was like a normal, smaller size head. And he he seemed like he was in a hurry or something urgent was happening. And he said, we've got to hide because the bad men are coming. And I, I trusted him. So I, I jumped out of my bed and we hurried and he held my hand. And we went into the closet, uh, like in the hallway off the living room. And we were holding really still in there. And... Um, he must have been really short, actually, because he was shorter than I was, and I was seven years old. So I kept looking down at him, and he was looking up at me, and we were being really quiet. And we heard somebody come into the house. Now, my parents were asleep the entire time. Um, so we heard some people come into the living room, and they were seemed like they were looking around and moving some things around a little bit. Uh, but they didn't stay for too long, and they went out the front door. And so my little star friend and I decided to step out and look, and we saw that there was no one there. And then we decided to go out the front door. Now, the little star person wanted me to go someplace with him, and I don't know where that was because we never got there. Because when we stepped out the front door, um, these two bad men, which I called robbers, um, chased after us and I went running across the street to my neighbor's house and my little star friend went running a different direction and I, I lost him. So I ran into my neighbor's back door into the kitchen and I was very familiar with their house. I go over there all the time. And I ran into the kitchen and these two men who were adult men and now, you know, looking back, I'm thinking they were some type of government agents. And they actually chased me around the kitchen table and one of them knocked me over. He stuck his foot out and made me trip face, face first. And he put this little um, metal piece right under my left rib cage as if it was a little implant or something. And after that, I kind of lost consciousness. And when I woke up, I was in an underground facility and I know it was an underground government facility and I was laying there on a, 
uh, metal table. And there was another girl laying next to me on the table. And she was a lot older than me. I think she was probably um, 18 or so. And to me, she was, you know, she was pretty big. She was old to me because I was seven. And we were kind of trying to help each other. Like she was looking at me and, and smiling at me and trying to talk nice to me. But the fact was that we were both tied to these tables. And this these men came into the room and they they were mean to us and they I know that they wanted to scare us. And they said told us that they were going to coat us with gold and turn us into statues. Uh, I don't know what that means, but I was pretty terrified because I, I thought, well, if I get coated with gold, then I guess, uh, you know, I'm not going to be able to breathe, so I'm going to die. So that was pretty scary. Um, but I woke up from that experience. I woke up in my bed the next morning, and I seemed to be just fine. So, you know, something happened there between the ages of four and seven, and I I have memories of being in that underground base uh, at other times when I was really young. And I remember seeing a doctor there. Um, he was he was a man. I, I imagine he was, you know, he was probably in his 30s or something at that time. And there were a bunch of nurses. You know, there were like five or six nurses or so. And I... I recognized that place. I went back there in a later experience, many years later. In fact, it wasn't really that long ago. It's probably 10 years ago. And I went to that same underground military base, and that same doctor was there. And he's much older now, but I recognized him, and he remembered me. And a couple of the same nurses were there, but there were new ones too. So I... I connected with this doctor. I said, I remember you. I remember you used to have your desk right over there. And I pointed towards these double doors. And um, he was really surprised. And he looked at me very shocked. And uh, he smiled at me, but he didn't say anything. And uh, so, yeah, I did remember him. That was the same doctor from when I was little. And, And these were humans. These were definitely all humans. So when you say in your book, reading graduation. How long did it take for you to feel graduated? And what did constitute being graduated? Right. So, um, yeah, I wrote about this in my first book, Journey with the Sir People. Um, So what happened was when I was about 20 years old, it really started, I was about 19, and this lasted for about five years. I went to what I call the Star People School. And it happened... At night, for the most part, I would go to sleep, and these star people would come into my room, and they were helping me to raise my vibrational frequency in order to meet with them, first of all. Um, So what they would do was they'd come into my room, and they would lower their frequency a little bit, and they would help me raise mine. And doing this would sometimes cause paralysis or tingling of my body, And it was like a transition that I went through. Um, I call it the transitional phase. And it was like my consciousness was um, moving upward in awareness and I was leaving my physical body. So they were literally taking me out of my physical body. So this is the way it happened in the early days when I was about 20 years old. And then I would go with them, and we would um, we might go on one of their ships, their craft. I have been on many different ones, many different times. And this training that happened was it was psychic testing, and there was a group of humans with me, so I wasn't the only one. Um, but I had a whole class of humans around the same age as me. And they would do the psychic testing with us. And if we did a good job, then we'd graduate up to the next level, um, go on to the next testing. And for the, for the children who did not pass the test, they would simply take them home and they, they didn't come back. So 
this class of mine I studied with, and it, it was about like using uh, using your mind, like mental clarity and focus to to you, and using intuition and empathy to um, to decide um, to make decisions, to solve problems, to uh, to solve puzzles. Sometimes they would put me in a maze, like a labyrinth, and I had to find my way out of it. And uh, I always did a pretty good job, and I kept going up levels. And after about five years of this, I actually graduated from a star people's school. Um, I, in the, it's an out-of-body experience. I actually call it the alternate reality, and I think it might be the etheric plane. Uh, it's my alternate reality because it, it's literally the other place I go to live life and have experiences. So I, I went there with them, and we had this graduation ceremony with other humans in my class. And I was wearing a white cotton gown with lattice work um, on the hems of the, the sleeves and, and the bottom hem. And the star people were there, and, and it was just, it was a very nice moment. Um, everybody was happy, and these star people were very kind. These are the ones that I, I would call Pleiadian. They have been working with me, doing all this training and really teaching me. And it wasn't all about psychic testing. It was also about learning how to defend myself because these star people knew about the secret government and the the military personnel who would sometimes come asking uh asking me questions after the star people would leave sometimes these military people would show up and for a while i did talk to them and tell them everything but that's because i was really young and i didn't know any better yet but I figured that out after a couple of years, and so I stopped talking with them. And instead, what this secret government did was they sent military-trained psychic attackers to to try and scare me so badly that I would give them information. So the star people helped helped me learn how to defend myself against that psychic attack. And it was psychic attack from from military humans or from negative entities, um, negative aliens, um, you know, reptilians or greys or or any entity that I run into, uh, demons, um, anybody that I would have trouble with. They also taught me how to use energy, how to use subtle energy to create, to manifest something on the etheric plane. And it started out where they would ask me to hold out my hand and I would create a ball of energy in my hand, which would look like a, a glowing light, like a ball. And that took a lot of practice. You know, that took years of getting that to work. And when I could do that, I could take that energy and I could turn it into anything I wanted. And not what I was making was flowers and apples and oranges and little things like that, that I could hold in my hand. And as they were teaching me this, psychic self-defense i also learned how to create a knife in my hand so they taught me all of these things and while all of this was happening they told me about the shift and they said there would be a magnetic pole shift and uh, the main thing about the shift was moving up in conscious awareness raising your vibrational frequency in order to get to this place where you are able to shift up into the next dimension and to, to level up. And this took a lot of um, focus and, and awareness to, you know, to get yourself to that place. But they started telling me about it when I was in my early 20s. And this has happened to other contactees. We, we tend to call it the disaster movies. They show us images of um, terrible natural disasters happening on earth and uh, really terrible weather and the star people told me then that most people would not make it through the shift they're not physically going to survive it and they said that the way to get through the shift was to fill your heart with love and light 
and be in a higher vibrational frequency. And then there's no problem. You'll naturally shift up into these higher levels of awareness. And so I was learning all of these things. And when I got done with that five years of training, then I graduated from that part of the Star People School. And for a couple of years, I was on my own. And I only saw them once every couple of months. They were waiting for me to go out and do some learning on my own. And I did. And I got up to the next level where they would work with me again. And then they started teaching me again. So this is in more recent times. And the real focus has been on the shift and preparing for this. And I, I've done a lot of inner work. Um, preparing for this on the etheric plane. We'll discuss the shift in detail. But I have to ask you, when you mentioned the military, are you saying that you went through some MyLab military abductions yourself? Yes. Yes. Can you describe, uh, and how did you find out that it was indeed the military? Because as you probably know, they disguised themselves pretending to be aliens so that the, can I call them victims, uh, or the unsuspected uh, participants, uh, they don't suspect that they're actually military. Right. They think it's a real abduction. Right. Yeah, I, I know all about that. Um, they do They do use fake rubber alien suits. There's actually humans underneath. Um, so, there, so there are real star people, and there are real aliens, but the military does their own abducting. And they do like to do horrible things to people while they're pretending to be aliens. <laughs> they wear the fake suits. They use holographic technology. I, I've seen that a number of times. I've been to many underground bases a number of times. And so there's, there's one in particular I would like to talk about, and that was um, more recent, like within the past 10 years. So one night I went to sleep as usual. And I'm assuming I went out of body because I woke up in this other place and I was consciously aware, although I, I know I was not in my physical body, but my consciousness was there. So I was in this big room that uh, was not a square room, but it had some strange curves as if the wall was curving around something. And there were humans down there. And I say down there because this was underground. Um, there were no windows. There was no sunlight or anything. It was clearly clearly underground. The humans that were there lived there, and they had apartments uh, or little rooms that they stayed in. And so as I was gaining consciousness in this place, I was standing in like a common area where everybody was going to meet for the day. and. It was a place for them to be social together. I, I imagine this was the idea uh, for people to talk to each other and come out. And some people were trading things, like they had little uh, little knickknacks and clothing items and things that they had laid out. And so in this common area, it was the place for people to do their daily activities. And I... Fortunately, I realized that I was there as a visitor, and I would be leaving and going back to my body at some point. So it wasn't that uh, you know terrifying for me. But these people, these humans down there, were not happy. They were very solemn, and nobody made eye contact with each other. And there were families down there with children, and they were all holding hands, like the families I saw a mom and dad with two children and they had the children in between them, you know, the mom and dad were on the outside and they were all holding hands and staying very close together, walking together. And the people, I don't know if they volunteered to go down there or if they were tricked to go down there or taken by force. I don't know, but they, they were clearly prisoners at this point and they, didn't appear to be, you know, going anywhere. So for a couple of hours, I was awake and aware in this place. And this nice lady was there and 
she asked me if I wanted to sit with her while she was trading her wares. And I was like, sure. So I was just sitting there hanging out with her and I was examining the room and everything. And I noticed that the walls were like old, rusty metal. And so this was a very strange looking place. And um, this military officer walked in and he was wearing an army officer's uniform. And when he walked in, everybody uh, looked the other way. They put their heads down. They were afraid of him. And he was a really, really big person. And at first I thought he was human, and I realized, no, he is reptilian. He's a reptilian taking on the guise of a human. But clearly, this thing is not human. So it walked right up to me and said, um, after you're done here, can I ask you a few questions? And I said, okay, because I didn't want to, you know, start a fight or anything like that. I, I've been in plenty of fights before, and I, I didn't want to do it. I just wanted to be at peace, so I, I agreed. And he walked away, walked back out of the area. And so it wasn't too much longer before this whistle blew, and I imagine that meant this is the end of your day <laughs> pack up all of your stuff now everybody started getting their stuff together and going back to their little apartments and i followed some of them around this corner and i realized this corner was continuing and it was making me think that this place we were at underground was like um circular so i saw them going back into their rooms and like putting their stuff away but then they came back out and they were going to into a cafeteria to eat. And then after that, they go back into their rooms for the night. That was the impression that I got. So the reptilian military officer walked back in and he, he saw me, I looked at him, he just nodded to me and he turned around and walked the other way and I followed him. And he led me to the center of this place. It was like, a humongous missile silo under the ground and he had brought me to the center ring of this thing it was an opening like a huge chasm going down way down under the ground and we were standing near the top and i could see now for the first time when i looked up in the center of this place a little bit of sunlight coming down from the top and so then i got a pretty good idea of you know how far down we were and um but the i could see looking across uh i could see all the different levels of this place of uh, many different levels if i had to guess i'd say like at least 40 and looking looking down into the center of this chasm, it just got darker and darker the farther it got down. I could not see the bottom. It was completely black. And so I'm standing there with this reptilian military officer, and I looked up when I saw that sunlight up there, and I saw five humans hanging up there. And I, I don't know if they were dead or alive. Um, I hope they were alive. And I hope that they were just hanging by their clothing because it looked like they were hanging by their shoulders or their upper backs somehow. And there was like an iron barge up there with a, a clasp on it. And I think it was holding these people. And um, so this reptilian asked me very calmly, he asked me to step a little bit closer to the center, to the edge. And I did. And as soon as I did that, I was whisked up into the air um, very, very fast. And I imagine that I was probably grabbed by one of these iron hooks or whatever they were there. And then I started plummeting downward very fast, um, so fast as I think something had me by my back, but it felt like free fall. And I... Uh, I knew I had to be so strong in that moment because I knew I couldn't be afraid. So I closed my eyes and I thought, okay, um, am, am I going to die? You know, when I hit the bottom and I thought probably not, they wouldn't have brought me here, you know, just to kill me. They could have done it already. 
And so I decided to just be at peace in my heart and fill myself with love and light and not be afraid because I know that I am an eternal spiritual being and I am always protected. So I kept my eyes closed and soon the falling sensation ceased. And I woke up on a bed in a well-lit room. I obviously had missing time. And in into the room walks the same reptilian military officer to to retrieve me. And he looked at me and, and nodded at me and I you know I got up and I followed him. Now this room, I had gone down to the bottom of this place, and this room was I don't know if it was like an office or it could have been like a, a medical type of place. It was white. It looked very sterile. Um, it was really well lit. This room looked like modern. Uh, it was not old and rusty. So I walked out of the room with the officer, and we walked over to an elevator that looked like something out of a mine shaft. And it was old and rusty, and um, it was just brown, old and rusty. And so the reptilian got up into the elevator, and I got on. It was barely enough room for both of us. And I pulled the door behind me, and it was like a cage. And, um, you know, I was just trying to be very brave at this point. And he hit some buttons, and the elevator started to go up. And before too long, I lost consciousness again. The next thing I know, I was waking up in my bed at home. And it took me a few minutes to be able to move because I had been out of my body for a while. And my body was very tingly and vibrating. And I, I couldn't move right away. Um, but as soon as I could move, you know, I wrote all this down like I did every morning. I wrote all my experiences down as soon as I could. And sometimes I drew pictures. And the next day, I developed a, well, it appeared on my arm, there was a lump on my right arm near my elbow. And it was, it was a lump that had six, uh, six marks around it and one mark in the center. And it looked to me like it was some type of, uh, you know, a vaccination or something like mm. that. And so after a couple of days, my elbow got so sore that I could not pick anything up. Where do you think this was? And, and could you identify which branch of the military it was from by looking at the, you call that a reptilian? Yeah, it was the army. He was, I researched this because I had good memory of it. And I actually researched his uniform. He was wearing an old fashioned army officer's uniform, like the olive drab green color it was a pantsuit and it didn't fit him very well because he was huge and he could barely you know button up his jacket could you see his but rank i don't know i i know it was he was an officer he didn't have a whole lot of uh medals or anything i think he was fairly young okay but yeah he was army but i've i've interacted with um i've seen navy people i've seen air force and there's this one military psychic that I kind of think I um, she must be my caseworker or something because she has been um, coming after me for a long time and not so much now anymore because I'm at the point now where I, I know very well how to defend myself and she hasn't been around a couple of years. But she would always wear a dark blue um, pantsuit which I figured was Air Force. And sometimes I was in an Air Force installation. I saw people actually wearing their Air Force uniforms. And, but I think that they do this because they assume that the people they bring down there are not conscious. They think that they're in a hypnotic state and they're not going to remember anything. Well, that's not the case with me. I don't have clear memories of everything, but I have a very good conscious recall. And this is part of you know, having my third eye open and being able to see these things and my training with the star people. So I've been awake and aware for a lot of these things and even having an implant shoved up of my nose by a uh, by another military person. 
and being wide awake for the whole thing. So, yeah, there's there's a lot to say. <laughs> what about location? I presume this could have happened somewhere in the United States. Do you know where? I I think that it was in the Southwest United States. All the people that were down there were all white people from what I saw, and they looked like they were probably from the United States or probably North American. And I just got the impression that's where we were. I know there's, I, I know back when they were doing all the military, uh, I mean, excuse me, the nuclear blasts out in the, the Southwest there in the United New States, Mexico, I think right. they were building military bases. I think this is one of those places. And I mean, it's obviously been there for a long time and it's not in really good shape anymore. I was mentioning to you before we began that after I've, I was looking at the, the first book, I look at the glossary and the first word, aliens, and the definition you included says negative entities that abduct humans and possibly work with the secret government. So obviously there's a negative connotation there because there, there are two types. There's the aliens and there's the star people. So can you right. make that, what is the difference between them? Yeah. Well, when I was, uh, you know, 19 or 20 years old. This is the label that I came up with because it was the best thing I had. But the star people are the very friendly ones who have helped me and taught me and worked with me. And I, I think that they're Pleiadian. And they're, they're just a very high frequency, very loving entities. And they are really trying to help me. They definitely have helped me uh, to, to know who I am and to be able to stand up for myself. The aliens are the negative visitors, the negative entities, and maybe they're not visitors. Maybe they actually live on the earth plane. Maybe some of them do live underground. And I'm talking about uh, reptilians and greys and other negative entities. <clears throat> I just, if I have a bad experience with them, I, I call them aliens. Uh, the star people, you know, they pointed out to me that because I did make the mistake of calling them aliens before, and, and one of them one of these Pleiadian friends of mine, I called him an alien, and he, he looked at me really weird, and he said, I'm not an alien, I'm your brother. And so I started calling them star people, and, and the really negative entities I called aliens. So let's progress now, because obviously this is multi-decades by now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now you're well, prepared. Go ahead. Sorry, it started when I was four, and I'm 53 now. Oh, wow. So it's a lifetime of, of events there. Do you think they have done this to prepare you for what's coming? And I, I hate to continue going back to the military. Has the military continued their mile-ups with you at the same time as the others, or did that stop? As I as I progress, and and I'm talking about my own spiritual, conscious uh, evolving, as I progress that way, I have more control and more power over what happens. And the military abductions have pretty much come to a stop. Um, at this point, I'm dealing with things like occasionally running into rather high-level demons. And John and I have talked about this for, before. This is related to the mnemonic circles and um, dark magic and the 72 demons that we talk about. So, but whenever I run into these entities now, or if I run into a military psychic, I'm, I'm able to end it very fast because I now realize, you know, what I have to do, fill myself with love. And that's truly the strongest, most powerful defense that I have. So the star people did prepare me my entire life for this, for the shift. This was the main focus of their teaching with me. And a lot of things have happened in the past um, 10 years or so, which I'll go into. The, um, the military and the controllers, I call them, the controllers of society, they control the military. They are fallen angels, demons, and reptilians. Um, who have basically usurped the power from humanity. It's been a long, long time now that humans do not remember who they are. And 
they have been kept in a hypnotic slumber by these controllers who control all of society and uh, around the world. Um, these entities, they want to stop people from shifting. They don't want humanity to go anywhere. They want to keep their their prisoners, their slaves, their captive reality creators. Um, they want to hold on to that and keep control. So they know that the shift is happening. The controllers know that this awakening is happening and it's happening now. And that's why they are pulling out all the stops. They have no choice. They have to fight for their lives now. And yes, they are still following through with their agenda and they will up until the very end because that's all that they can do. As this awakening is happening and people are remembering who they really are, their true eternal selves, their spiritual selves, they're taking their power back. And those of us who are awake and aware, we're starting to create reality. I mean, we've already been creating reality, like our own personal reality bubbles, but most people are not aware of it. When you become aware of it and you do it on purpose, consciously, that makes a big difference. So these controllers don't want that to happen. When I have run into them recently, I, I could tell you another story if you'd like to hear it. This is when I actually ran into the controllers. Let me ask you this. Is it safe to say, Bonnie, that the version of the history we were taught is mostly a lie? And if that's the case, who keeps the record or records over true history? Yes, history that we've been taught is a complete lie. And who keeps the records? Well, I think the controllers do. And I think maybe, maybe, you know, in the basements of the Vatican, maybe they have a lot of artifacts and information about our true history and, and who we really are. And, you know, I had an experience. Um, these beings came to visit me one night after I had gone to sleep and gone out of body. They were... They were about four foot tall entities. Um, they had light gray skin. I don't consider them to really be grays, but I was cautious anyway, just in case. But they gave me this information. They told me that a long time ago, an evil alien race um, came to the earth plane and took over. They created the Vatican. And they took over everything about Earth society. Religions and all the schools and, and everything was created by them, by them, these evil aliens. And, you know, as these star people, these visitors were telling me this, it was kind of hard because they were very adamant about this and they insisted on it. And it was hard to accept all of this um, as being true, but this is what they told me. And they said that, this matrix system that the evil aliens created is going to vanish like it is going to disappear and i don't know if they mean for everyone or if they're talking about during the shift and those of us who are at the right vibrational frequency we are going to shift up to the next level to this higher dimension and maybe for us it's going to disappear but um, I have been with the Sura people on the etheric plane preparing for this and actually going through the process of dismantling the matrix. Um, so to answer your question, yes, history is a lie, and it's time for us to awaken and remember who we really are. I haven't had a fraction of the experiences that you've had, but many of us in this field of, of truth-seeking feel that in my case, 30-some years ago, when I was told, this is your mission, and back then I totally dismissed it, I ridiculed it, until things started materializing, and I thought, oh, I better take this seriously, and this is where we are now, 14, 15 years later doing this. But is the mission what we are seeing now? In other words, the culmination of what we've been prepared for, you and I are more or less the same age, what we're seeing now. What is the shift and is this the realization of who we are? Yes. Yes, this is what we have been working for. This is what we came here for right now. Right now is the awakening. It's happening gradually. Um, 
but exponentially. It is speeding up as we get towards, just like a window, there's an opening of time that we have to do this, and the doorway does shut. And I think that is when this magnetic pull shift happens. So, yes, this is everything that we've been working for and training for. And when I was a little girl, four years old, I already knew that I came here to help humanity. I incarnated here on purpose for that reason. And I knew that when I went to school through indoctrination, I would forget who I was. And I knew that it would be a lonely path, and that I, but it was okay because I was very strong inside and very brave, and I knew that I could do it. And I knew that before the end of this incarnation, I would remember who I was. And, and yes, this is what we've been working for. It's happening right now. It is time for people to wake up. It is time, time to see the truth and to let go of the matrix. Let it go because it is based on a lie and it is falling apart. And it is best that you get out of it and that you focus on love and creating your own beautiful reality and getting close with your friends and your neighbors and forming a community because there could come a time very soon where you're going to need to have friends and you're going to need to help each other and um everything is going to change i from what the spirit people have told me our whole way of life is about to change this is a reset. Now, I know that the controllers have their idea of a reset, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the natural shift that is happening for humanity. And it is time, and the controllers know it, and that's why they are freaking out. Do you know the name Dr. Rowney Kilde? No, I don't recognize it. She was the former chief medical doctor for Finland, a good friend of this program. She died a few years ago, and I think the controllers definitely killed her because they tried many times before. We were in contact for years. She gave me, well, through a third party, the written manuscript of her book. Anyway, I never forget the words, even after they try to kill her several times. She says, what we need to do is send love to these people. And I just yeah. couldn't understand it. How dare you say that? These people are trying to kill you. They're trying to kill humanity. And she says, I know, but they need it. And love is right. the most powerful energy in the universe. And this is how we take back our, our world. Right. Well, here's the thing. You know that everything is about frequency, right? We're all vibrating on it. We've got our own unique vibration, our own frequency that's unique, like our fingerprint. And these evil ones who are in such a low frequency, the the way it's it's almost like um you know like the Star Wars saga you know good against evil and turning the darkness to the light kind of thing. If you have a strong enough frequency, it will entrain those other frequencies to itself. So, I had a, an experience recently, maybe two years ago. Um, I actually I went out of body during the night. And I was at a meeting place with these entities uh, called the Lords of London. And they were demons, straight up demons. They wore black clothes. They all had long black hair. And I had seen them before. They are some of the demons in the hierarchy of those 72 demons. And they were talking to me. They wanted me to be friends with them. They wanted me to join with them. And I guess what they thought was going to happen was that they were going to bring me there to their place and they were going to somehow initiate me or something maybe. But instead what happened was that every one of them I met with personally, they couldn't even be in the room with me without forgetting what they wanted to say or um having a smile come across their face. I mean, it's not normal for this to happen to a demon, for for them to just basically be in my energy field, which is a pretty high frequency, and 
I was in training their frequencies to, to raise up. So this is what your friend said. When you give love to them, that's, that's how you stop them. That's how you stop their attack. Because if they are not in that low level vibration, then they're not going to behave that way. So you can actually turn these demons to the light with your own frequency. Now, are they going to stay that way? I don't know. It could have been a temporary thing just while I was in the room. That could be. But yes, love is the strongest thing you can do. And to many people, this talk may sound like new age mumbo jumbo, meditate your problems away, all that stuff. But through the years, you realize that when you turn on the TV, you feel saddened, you feel depressed because they feel they feed you with fear and, and sadness all the time. This is why Big Pharma is making billions, not only from what's happening right now, but psychotropic drugs. They have new labels for every single disease, ADD, ADHD, this and that. They create a, a powerful clientele by doing that. And what is the best way to do it? By lowering the vibrations, by creating and instilling fear, insecurity. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your house. Uh, there's a tsunami coming. There's another variant coming. If you disconnect from that, if you turn off your TV and just go camp in a forest by yourself or your family for a week, I guarantee you, you're going to come back renewed totally. Right, right. It makes a big difference. Um, makes a big difference to go out into nature and take your shoes off and uh, put your feet on the ground. And what you're doing is uh, you're releasing all of the harmful radiation in your body that came from your cell phone and the Wi-Fi. Go put your feet on the on the ground to ground. You're literally yes. grounding, and you are harmonizing your frequency with the frequency of the earth. So that's one thing you can do to help yourself. So these controllers, yeah, the part the pharmaceutical companies are really evil. I mean, that's part of the plan. That's part of the agenda to make humanity sick and keep them down. And it's just part of the whole evil matrix that's in place right now. Uh, the human body and, and the immune system works. If it's healthy, all you have to do is keep your immune system healthy and you will never get sick. I don't ever take pills or anything. I just I just take care of myself, and that really works. So and the other thing that they're doing with this fear-based reality, with watching TV and the horror movies, I mean, regular movies now are pretty much horror movies. They're all horror movies. I can't watch anything anymore. You know, I can't go to the movies anymore and watch a movie. I don't want to put that in my subconscious mind. I won't do it. But they're getting people... Unwitting, unwittingly, these people are creating a dark reality because they're living in this fear all the time, and that's what they're manifesting. So these controllers have got humanity manifesting the dark reality yeah. that they desire. It's exactly right. And Dr. Leo Sprinkle, the late great Dr. Leo Sprinkle, told me, I take my meds, meaning M for meditation, education, diet, and smiles. Those are the meds that he took. And he died at the age of 91 or 92. He had a long, healthy life. And he lived that motto all his life. And that's what I'm trying to emulate. And what you said about grounding, I cannot emphasize to people. Ever since I discovered this a few years ago, I've never been the same person. No pains at all. I ground all the time. When I'm in the office, when I'm at home, I sleep grounded. I never have a problem. I hardly ever get sick. I got the so-called Rona about a year and a half ago. Hopefully, I have the antibodies now. Uh, but aside from that, I never, ever get sick. Right. Yep, that's all you got to do is keep your immune system healthy. Now, when you say racing vibrational frequency to enter a higher dimension, let me just, before we discuss this, I'm thinking of, of something you said in the book. Aliens mm -hmm. versus the star, the star people. After doing this so many years, I've come to the conclusion that perhaps these beings that supposedly come from far, far light years away are not coming from so far away. They could be coming from right here, perhaps different dimensions, perhaps different places on our own planet here. We have, what, 83% of our own planet is unobserved, unexplored. 
So why do we think that they have to be coming from far away when they actually could be hiding here from for millennia? Right. Yeah. Uh, my impression is that some of them definitely live on the Earth plane, and like my my friends. Okay, I I think they would be called Pleiadians. I haven't really come up with a label with them for myself, but I think they are what people would describe as Pleiadians. I don't really think that they're physically flying here from the Pleiades. I think that they are they're meeting me on the etheric plane. I know that they're multidimensional and I know that they can shift into different frequencies and, and different dimensions. And they told me that uh, when they are looking at me, they can see all of my dimensions at once. And they said that I was going to be shifting from the third dimension to the fourth dimension. And I've heard people talking about 5D and all that, but this is what they said to me when I was in my early 20s. And, you know, a, a lot of the experiences that I've had, I, I've had some physical experiences, but for the most part, it happens when I go out of body and I'm consciously meeting with them on the etheric plane. And I have actually been in there, cracked with them, flying across the earth plane and they they were teaching me about geography and things about the earth which i thought was a little strange at the time but i got the impression that some of the places they showed me were places that they actually lived and they were like in mountainous areas and i think some of those places were possibly in, um, in the northwestern united states like an Oregon area or Washington. But I think that they're absolutely multidimensional and they can shift their frequencies. I've been standing out in my yard during the day watering the garden and suddenly feel a presence next to me. And I realize there's, there's one standing right next to me looking at me and he can see me, but I can't see him. I can I can feel him and sense him there because I I'm using my intuition and my third eye, but I can't see him. And they really taught me that. You know, they that was part of my training. Actually, sometimes they they would bring me like out into the woods, and one of them would be out there like standing there, and I would have to see if I could find him, if I could see him. And and once I saw the star person standing there in the woods. Um, I'd say, yeah, I can see you. And then they'd, they'd be very proud of me because they told me that I can see things that other people cannot see. And that's because I've got my third eye open and I'm working on my, my vibrational frequency and all this. But they, they really wanted me to understand that. They had put me in a room with another person who, who was not awake. And I would see beautiful lights and I, I would see star people walking around and I'd say, Hey, Hey, look at that star person over there. And, and the other person human next to me in the room would, would be like, what, what, what are you talking about? I don't see anything. So they really wanted me to know that you've got to be in a certain vibrational frequency to interact with some of these beings, um, like the higher level ones. Of course, the lower level ones, um, like the reptilians and grays, they, they are around, <laughs> they are on earth and many live underground and reptilians are even out and about um, possessing people and living inside of human bodies. <clears throat> and they actually feed off the human chakra system. And this is one reason why they want to keep you in a fear-based reality because they are feeding off of your fear, off of your energy. This is all real interesting and I want to discuss more. We have one more hour to come, but before we break, I just want to say that for the past few years, I've come to the conclusion that our history, most of it is a lie. And when we look at buildings in Brazil, not too far away from you, in Argentina, buildings that were allegedly built in the 1800s, well, there's really not that much there. And in many other places around the world, even in Asia, and even in parts of the United States and the West in California, in San Francisco, in the 17, 1800s, when there was nothing there, just horse and buggies, something mm -hmm. tells me that there was a civilization, perhaps it was even us, and something happened, 
a cataclysm, a mud flood, whatever you want to call it, or ascribe to it. And these controllers or parasites took over, change. All you need is one generation of children to brainwash them with programming and not education, but indoctrination. And they'll repeat that to their mm -hmm. offspring. And here we are in 2021, repeating what we've been told for, say, a hundred years. When in fact, we had free energy. We had probably conquered disease back then. Maybe we didn't even have to eat the way we eat today because many, many of these buildings and castles did not have bathrooms. So mm -hmm. maybe something happened. The calcification of our pineal gland, our mm -hmm. third eye, they don't want us to be connected with anything. And also bells. This is something new to me in the past few weeks. I've seen pictures of the controllers removing bells from churches or buildings or places of worship because these bells were manufactured in a way that when they were hit, they emanated a sound, a cymatic sound that healed people. I've right. seen the pictures of all these bells in a warehouse being removed in who knows from what. What is your take on those bells? Give me the yeah. answer right now and then we'll take it on part two. Okay. How can people buy the books and your website, uh, Bonnie? I'm sorry, Mel, I didn't hear you. Okay. Before we break, how can people buy your books and what are your websites? My website is alienabductionhelp.com. That is where they can buy both of my books, Journey with the Star People and The Shift. And my husband, John, and I run the website awakenvideo.org. Say my regards to John and also to our good friend John, the other John who lives in Uruguay as well. All the Johns are moving <laughs> down there to Uruguay. Much more to come. I really want to disclose more information, continuing with what is the shift, who are the star people, who are the controllers, basically what happens next. Everyone wants to know what happens next. And as we said a few days ago in another interview, the people who are always thinking, do I move to Uruguay? Do I move to somewhere else? Well, maybe you need to be a lighthouse in the middle of the storm. Shine that light so that the people who are waking up will do so. Because if everyone vacates, that will be our demise. We need to stand strong while this storm is taking place, and we will prevail. I'm here with my special guest, Bonnie Jean Mitchell. This is Mel Hostelrick, and you are listening to Veritas. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas because you don't want to believe, you want to know.